The following podcast is a production of Ocean Media Enterprises. Welcome to The Squeeze, the real stories behind the movers and the shakers that are shaping our future. I'm your host, Marco Garan. And I'm your host, Lucia Baez-Geller. You know, Lucia, there is a lot happening in Florida, and I will tell you that this past election in November was very intense here in Miami-Dade County. Uh, it was a big loss. Our next uh, guest is a leader who is now leading the Democratic Party in Florida. Former Mayor Manny Diaz is a Cuban-American attorney currently serving as the chair of the Florida Democratic Party, a former mayor of the city of Miami. When he first took office in Miami, city government was bankrupt and it, and it was under state financial oversight board. Wow. Uh, the mayor... Uh, pursued a vast administrative overhaul that brought what is the financial stability to the city, a healthy level of financial okay. reserves, uh, continued tax cuts, and lowered millage rates. So he's an incredible... That's when we were babies. That's, that's when we were babies. Us <laughs> we were, we were we babies. Were children. But, we were, but I, but <laughs> I remember you, him. Of yeah. course I do. I remember. And, and it also was, sounds like he's the guy for the job from what you were describing. A great leader. I think leader. this is a great... The perfect person that we need yeah. in Florida leading us, yes. Perfect. We brought crime down 30%, built over a billion dollars in affordable housing, spent $2 billion fixing the city's infrastructure, improved our schools. Diaz was also awarded the Urban Innovator of the Year Award uh, by the Manhattan Institute and is also the former president of the U.S. Conference of Mayors. Yeah. Uh, welcome the chairman of the Florida Democratic Party, Mayor Manny Diaz. Woo! Welcome to The Squeeze. Welcome. All right, thanks, guys. It's good to be here. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you, Mayor. So how can Hispanic Democrats, I'm just going to jump right into it. <laughs> how can Hispanic Democrats push back against the false narrative uh, of the socialism and communism that uh, we constantly get called on? I am a Democrat and I am not a communist or a socialist. So how can we push back against that narrative? Well, you know, by the way, I, I have been I have been pushing back on that narrative since I was in high school. Um, wow. Yeah. So it's been a long time. And uh, the, some people back then affectionately referred to me as Rosa, Rosadito. Cause I, <laughs> what does that mean? I, I, I want to know. What does that mean? I, I, I guess it wasn't like fully read, you know, uh, so. And I'll tell you what bothers me even more now. Uh, at the heart of it was always this appeal to like my parents' generation, mm. probably grandparents' generation, right? Yeah. Who you know, who you know, understandably uh, had you know lost everything they had, lost their country, yeah. blah blah blah, and, yeah. and and so you know, appealing to that really sincere emotion and trauma. Um, that is very much a part was very much a part of their lives, and and interestingly enough, I think you know I think through time, a lot of that changed. What's concerning to me now is that you know especially back then when I was like your age, I, I always used to think when, you know when when that generation is no longer with us, the new generation of the young Cuban Americans brought or whatever yeah, from wherever right. you know brought up here in the states are going to be very different. And yet, quite frankly, I see these interviews with some of the young uh, Hispanic or Cuban American legislators. And it's like, Jesus, you sound worse than my grandfather. My grandmother used to sound when I was growing up. What is wrong with you? You know better. 
you know? Yes. And uh, wow. I like that. And, you know, and, and my, my parents and grandparents' generation, they for a long time sort of bought into it because it was like, yeah, you know, we want to go back to Cuba, blah, blah, blah. Right. Yet the gente no van a ayudar, and the Republicans really played up on the rhetoric. Free Cuba, we'll be back, you know, by Noche Buena this year, and all that stuff. And I totally understood why they ended up where they got. But through through the years, again, in my conversations with them, they got less and less like, oye, aquí nadie va a hacer nada por Cuba, you know? Right. Los republicanos no hablan mucho, pero no, no han hecho nada, y no van a hacer nada. And so they were wising up to the rhetoric, right? Um, but now, you know, you have this whole generational thing of young people, you know, let's call it, you know, 25 to 50 or 45, right? Mm -hmm. And they're buying and they're buying into it. And I, and I, you know, and to me, it's like, no, they don't really believe that. It's just, it's just a convenient political talking way yeah. to get elected. Yeah. It's a talking point. You know, and it's like, don't you have, don't you stand for anything? I mean, wh why, why should I vote for you? I mean, and by the way, if you believe in Republican Party principles, hey, I'm all, I'm, I'm all good with that. Okay, because we can't all agree on everything, right? Right. And so I'm good on having any debate you want to have about, you know, economic policy, you know, social safety net policies, anything you want to talk about, even infrastructure. The other day I was on a show, and our two congressional people, we were talking about infrastructure. And they're saying to me, one said, she said, so you know who it is, uh, no, porque tu tú sabes, medio socialista. And then the other one, he, you know who he is, said, said, yes. said bueno, esto, esto es medio izquierdista, you know? Wow. I'm wow. like, I'm like, excuse me, we're talking about bridges and flooding in your neighborhoods in the city of Miami and yeah. blah, blah, blah. There's no, yeah. Where, where did, where did political theory come into, you know, fixing yeah. a bridge and a street for God's sakes, right. you know? Yeah. And, and, and I said, you know, en español, mira, yo conozco a estas dos personas por hace muchos años. Y ni ellos mismos se lo creen. <laughs> right? I mean, come on, come on already. So what would you say is the best way to, to push back against that narrative for us that are elected officials, that are Democrats, I mean, we see what's happening today, you know, with some of the stuff that's been in the news. But, you know, listen, Radio Mambi and, and them were, were always, like, very conservative, right. you know, right. blah, 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 touting the, you know, yeah. anti-Castro. I, I, I think I was the first candidate to ever run for mayor of the city of Miami who never mentioned the F word. Because, yeah, yeah, because I, I, I wasn't running, I wasn't running on, on foreign policy. I was running to make the city better right. for all of you, you know? And, and so, very real for everyone when you were running you for did mayor. It. Sure. And I it remember. It was a very real time. It was a real thing. Right. Yeah. And I remember right. your, your tenure as mayor, how you really had a vision that just put the city of Miami on the map. I mean, it was it, right. you, it was you lifted, you know, you brought global attention to the city uh, and and changed it. You know, so <laughs> yeah, that's, but that's but not but not be, not because I had a foreign policy. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, it wasn't about that. Yeah. So my my next question is, uh, you know, we have a number of bills that have been uh, taking 
effect in Tallahassee. Lots of laws oh that, uh, you know, uh, suppression of our freedom of speech. Sorry, to- we had to ask this one. We couldn't not ask you. We want to have a good convo with you, but we have to know your take on yes. what just happened. Elections matter. Yes. And elections have consequences. And if you want to stop this runaway train, uh, you've got to you've got to get involved. And, you know, from as simple as you know, just voting on election day, yeah. to actually get, getting involved in in your community and, and trying to do something. Like I've been doing this for a very long time, and I've had many of these fights in the past, but it's never been, to me, it's never been so blatantly in your face. You know, I look today, DeSantis had a press conference, a press conference, a celebration, a theater mm. to celebrate voter suppression. It's like, yeah. look, in the old days, you know, people hid them, themselves from the fact that they were, you know, doing stuff like this. Now it's like mm. wide open in your face. Here's what I'm doing. And we're celebrating this. Right. And it is so scary to me that that kind of stuff is happening, not just in Florida, but obviously all over the country, on the heels of, you know, an insurrection, a coup d'etat. And it's like, what is happening here? I mean, it's almost like, you know, an alien ship has landed and like taken over people's bodies and minds. (laughs) It's true. Because, it's true. right? Because That's again, an accurate it's, description. <laughs> well, but but it's not again. It, it's it's not about parties. I mean, look, I mean, I never thought that I would say that you know Liz Cheney was not my new heroine. You know, I mean, right? <laughs> yeah. God bless her. You know, and now you know, now I'm like, oh my God, she's you know she's great. You know, everything's upside down. Yeah. It's because it's interesting time. And, and look, look what happens. I mean, they go after her and all she's doing is saying the truth right. as a as a good Republican, by the way, because it's not like she doesn't believe in the principles of the Republican Party. She she is a, a real Republican. Right. And all, all she all she's saying is, hey, guys, you know, the guys, you know, he's gone. He lost. And we've got to reclaim the heart and soul of what this party always was, which, by the way, I grew up debating Jeb Bush and many other Republicans. And it was always, you know, kind of fun, you know, because I always thought I was on the side of right and they thought they were on the side of right. And and we went back and forth and and debated, but it was very civil. None of it was personal. Nobody was trying to bring down democracy or create or create an insurrection. We were just different ideas. That's what America is all about. And now it's not even about ideas and, and this QAnon thing and holy smokes, yeah. you know. And that's I assume that's why you said I need to I need to get into this fight. I need to get in. I did. Yeah. Um, you, know, you know, what's the best way to fight that with the truth? Yeah. Yeah. Right. I, I mean, I, I mean, what, look, listen, when I when I go on a show. People might disagree with me on a lot of things, but nobody's nobody's ever going to say, "Ah, no, porque se me un comunista." You know, <laughs> I don't think, <laughs> right? I mean, they've known me for over forty years. They know who I am. They know what my history is, yeah. and that's not going to happen. But but you got to get out there and fight that fight, and we right. didn't. You you're someone that's been through all the different realms: elected official, private sector, 
now to back to politics politics to the chair let's let's look forward like you you what have you learned from this experience of weaving throughout all the different facets of you know making change pretty much what have you learned from your transition i guess the first thing i would i would say is you know i went through i went through my own little trauma as a six-year-old you know having to leave a country and and my dad was a political prisoner when, when we left and you know that whole thing and my grandparents were left behind and you know i came with my mom um and you know just having lived that immigrant experience uh, obviously it has an impact on you when you were a child and then then i went to a i'm sorry i, I didn't go to a public high school ever. i went to saint patrick and then curly no way yeah well you know i we our our home basketball court at belen was saint patrick's gym beautiful thank you yeah sorry so, sorry i went to public school sorry <laughs> <laughs> and look we're, we're, we're all here together there you beautiful. go right? yeah. if, if you're fortunate enough to do well don't forget the people that don't do as well what has kept this country as strong as it has been over its 200 year plus history is the fact that we create these safety nets for people and we don't step on them you know, I mean, the, the, the genius, the genius of America has been that it has been able to continue to thrive as a hardcore capitalist system, which is fantastic. And I am a super capitalist. <laughs> but but yeah, let's get that straight. <laughs> it's it's a, a capitalist, even if you're looking at it selfishly and you're saying, you know, what what have what have where have revolutions developed in the world? back through history, French Revolution, the Cuban Revolution, blah, 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 blah. They've developed because somebody has been a populist who has catered to the have-nots right. and have said, hey, you should have just as much as that guy that has, one of the haves. So let's overthrow the haves, cut his head off, and blah, blah, blah. What this country has been smart enough is to say, we don't want that. You know, we, we don't want a bunch of people starving right or whose kids don't have a future and then all of a sudden they're gonna you know go into coconut grove and say hey look at manny he lives in a nice house let's take that house from him <laughs> no right <laughs> i mean no. that's the genius of america yeah. and 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 so even from a that kind of a selfish point of view i think it's in our best interest as a country to make sure that we give everybody an opportunity and i'm not saying that everybody's entitled to anything but we're certainly entitled to an, an opportunity to be able to succeed. And I just want to ask you one more thing, because we are talking about where does the party go and, and the continuity and the strength. So what do we do? This is something we talk about actually in our friendship circles is what do we do about the bench? How do we get these people coming oh, up? Building of the bench. Building the bench. How do we get the right people to do the right thing, I guess. I don't know. When, you know, when I started, I was all grassroots uh, streets. You know, people ask me sometimes, you know, how did you start? When I was in high school, I was already doing like volunteering for some campaigns and stuff. But, but really, after that, I went to the, there used to be a, there used to be a breakfast every Saturday morning uh, in, in a church in Overtown called the Ministers and Layman Layman's Breakfast. And it was, you know, just the, the movers and shakers in South in South Florida, Miami. And I just got in my car and went and sat around that that day. Ironically, they had a they had a debate of the mayoral candidates for a city of Miami in 1973. 
And and I, you know, I, I went, I heard the debate and I went to the, the one I liked the most. And I said, by the way, can I help your campaign? Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, it's about creating those kinds of opportunity for some young kid like me to walk up and say, hey, you know, I'm interested in volunteering in your campaign and working in your campaign. The, the big picture for me with the Democratic Party uh, and how we turn the ship around is, is twofold. And, and fundamentally, it's about engaging voters. I mean, engaging voters to me means everything from uh, registration to persuasion to engagement to turnout, ultimately. I mean, that, that's the progression. I mean, you guys have run for office. You know what I'm, right. you know, it's, it's, it's not rocket science, right? No, <laughs> you go out, you knock on doors, you identify your voters. You persuade them to vote for you, and then you make sure they get out to vote for you if they told you they're going to vote for you, right? I mean, that's it. And and we're just going to meet the voters where they are. Okay. And that, what does that do? That not only registers people, da-da-da, but it also engages with voters. What are the local issues that they're concerned with? Where, where are the issues that the Democrats should be standing, lock, locking arms with them? Um, and and then just building this 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 relationship. We, we've, we have to win the battle of ideas, you know? I mean, why did I register as a Democrat? Because, you know, I was an 18-year-old kid, immigrant, living below the poverty level. And, and I looked at a party and I said, okay, how do I get out of this poverty? Uh, one is through education. Who's fighting for education? Uh, number two, it's a party that doesn't discriminate against immigrants. In fact, it tries to give opportunities to, to immigrants. Um, and so this is the party that, that, I, that I, I, I seem to feel more affinity with, more aligned with in terms of where my life is right. and my parents, you know, and my grandparents, right? So it was a no-brainer for me. The problem today, though, you're right, is that lots of young people, for a variety of reasons today, don't feel any connection with either party. Mm. And so, you know, they... they in many respects, they clearly don't feel a connection with a party that seems to be discriminatory and anti-women, anti-gay, anti-immigrant, anti-anti-everything, yeah. right? So there's no affinity there. But, you know, not really sure the Democratic Party, you know, by default, I could be a Democrat, but not because they mean something to me. It's yeah. like, I, I don't like the other guys. So the, mo- the more comfortable route is to just say, okay, I'll tell you what, I'll just, you know, I'll just be an MPA. And then when the general election comes around, I'll vote for the, you know, whoever I want to vote for anyway, which is probably going to be a Democrat. But I don't want to commit myself to a party. And by the way, immigrants the same way. You know, you talk about cultural cultural competency. You, We all know that many of our fellow Hispanics who come from other countries uh, are fleeing that whole party stuff. Right. And by the way, even not other countries, even in, in Puerto Rico, you know, if you're the Partido Rojo, Partido Azul, you know, they, they play for keeps, you know, in partidos, you know. Yeah. And and so there's a sense that, you know, you don't get to ser parte de un partido porque eso es un dolor de cabeza. Right. Right. Yeah. So I'll just I'll just be in that middle and, and not, you know, and not worry about it. And so you're right. I mean, we have to. We have to win those people back. Well, All right, Mayor, we or Chairman, <laughs> we we like to keep it fun, so we're gonna yes. end it with a nice fun segment. <laughs> we call it. This is gonna be a blitz round. It's gonna be a be blitz round. Fast, so I the hard a, part is 
over. Hard part is over. Marco this is just to have Marco prepped me, Mayor. I have to give credit. He said he likes football, okay? Because I do the fun <laughs> segment. Because I'm a teacher, so I do the creative little segment. And he's like, do a football theme. I'm like, okay, I got it. So we're going to do today a blitz round, and it's called Monday Morning Quarterbacking. Are you aware okay. of this term? Oh, yeah, a little bit. Yeah, I would say. Yes. I have, a, I have a, uh, one quick question to oh, wait, kick it off. It one quick. Okay, here we go. All right, there you go. Okay. Hey, good. Hey, good hands. Good catch, right? Good hands. <laughs> this is uh, a funny question, or I guess, uh, I mean, you know. What? Who is your favorite college football team? <laughs> <laughs> University of Miami, you know that. Yay! So, it, it's, we got it. It's all. It's all about the U. There you go. Hey. Hey. He just wanted to hear you say that. Yeah, okay. We know. <laughs> all right. Fine. Okay. So here's our blitz round. Very quickly. Don't think too hard on these. This is it. Okay. Okay. What's the greatest hail mary in politics for you? Well, probably, probably me winning hey. the mayoral race. Hey. <laughs> okay. yeah. Good answer. Good answer. Perfect. Yeah. Okay. This one's very easy. And right now, just in general, in our party, the Dems in general, nationally, whichever way, who do you think is our MVP right now? Our most valuable, most valuable player, player in the Democratic player Party. In the yeah. Democratic Party. Here. Got, you know, I, I, I have to say, you know, I have to say the president. Oh, I think. good answer. Good answer. I, I good he's, answer. He's, he's, he's doing an incredible job. I mean, if you, if you look at the two pandemics, uh, that we had at the beginning of the year, um, you know, obviously the COVID, right. and the other was the economy, where yeah. people were suffering and struggling, and uh, the economy is booming, and people are people are getting vaccinated, yeah. and yeah. you know, no, so he's, he's done a he's done a phenomenal job, and you right? know, with and with everything that he's had to face, you know, I think he assembled a great team. Thank you so much for, you know, taking yes. the time. I know you're, you got <laughs> know, a lot on your plate. This was really fun. And uh, this That's is a lot of fun. I'm Chairman Manny Diaz, and you are watching the best show right now, The Squeeze. Make sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel to check out our next episode on The Squeeze.